skeletal forms burn toxic green. Vacant eyes lit with everlasting hellfire. Hello, happy spring. Welcome to another episode of Let's Watch Scary Movies. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Jenny. And here we are. It's April and the sun is shining and I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, we, we, it's bank holiday. It's Easter bank holiday weekend and we actually have sunshine. We have sunshine. This guy is blue. It's obviously not raining. I just you feel have- good about things. You have hay fever. I have hay fever. <laughs> but I also, I feel like my, um, how do you call it? My dopamine levels. Is that, what did the, ha- serotonin yep. maybe? Yeah. One well, of those Serotonin, two. serotonin. I got, I got a trampoline and I'm telling you, it's made such a difference. I just bounce around like a kid every day. It's so great. Right. I'm guessing it's one of those tiny little trampolines. I'm just trying to picture a tra- an actual trampoline in your flat <laughs> and it's making me very happy. <laughs> It is really small. Yeah. It's basically a rebounder. So I stumbled across this article. This is not related to horror movies, but I stumbled across this article from NASA talking about how they call it rebounding, but trampolining or rebounding is like crazy good for you. And then my friend Colleen was like singing its praises. And so I was like, all right, I'm influenced. (laughs) I'm going to get a trampoline. Apparently it's really good for things like I don't know, balance and posture and bone density. Who knew? Who knew? Anyway. (laughs) So today, today we are, we start our, a series of sequels. Our spring sequel shenanigans part two. (laughs) I think that it's a little bit of a experiment in are sequels better or worse than their original counterparts because I will say I have been very predisposed to hate on a sequel you're a sequel hater you always have been Mm, I am yeah whereas you know I think some of the best horror films are sequels is this one of them (laughs) well when I say best I think this one is better than the original oh gosh it's a better film hmm it has I a strong, know. Well, we'll get into it, but it you're gonna. It might take some kids. And I'm, not, I'm not the only person that, that that thinks this. Like, if you ask most horror fans about the Friday Thirteenth franchise, most of them will say Part Two or Part Three is the best. Well, there. Funnily enough, in my research of this film, I came across an article that was literally called, and there were a few of them, but I think this one was by Screen Rant, and it was like, "Why Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is superior to Part One." Yep. A whole article about it. So I. <laughs> and there are books about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I did start to watch. There is a documentary for those of you who have Shudder. There's a documentary called, isn't it like Camp Crystal Lake? Um, yes. The, yeah. Like and 10 it's... hours long. It's amazing. <laughs> I've watched, I've watched maybe four hours of it. Have you watched the whole thing? I, I've watched it a long time ago. I've watched, I'm not sure I've watched all of it. I've definitely seen some of it. It's very long. I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah it is very. It's like a an eight part series or something like that. I think. Yeah. I might have mm. to rewatch it because 
I've been thinking a lot about some of the subsequent Friday the Thirteenth films. Well, and it, it's super interesting to hear some of the stories from being on set. And I mean, the lead, the girl who plays Alice, right? That she had mm-hmm. a stalker. I didn't know any of that. And so, and she, and she quit acting for like ten years or something. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's yeah. I mean, not surprising, I guess, but terrifying. So for. <laughs> yeah it is terrifying but also yeah i don't know maybe because it was back in the 80s it makes me sad that it forced her to quit yeah her job yeah um okay friday the 13th part two 1981 good year good year (laughs) year year i was born i would like to point out despite your um you know arguments that the, the the second one is better i will just date a couple of like data points the sequel has a 29% score on Rotten Tomatoes not that this means everything and we've said this before I mean Rotten Tomatoes can be used as a guide but it's not the end all be all I very very much enjoy some movies that are scored very low on the Rotten Tomatoes um, yeah according to their guidelines the first Friday the 13th though has a 63% so you know that aggregates reviews not just from writers but yes regular people so i know i know friday the 13th part two was um very poorly received by critics mainly because they they said it was too violent and you know the deaths were too gratuitous Hmm. yeah which yeah yeah it it was cut quite a lot this film for a long time Mm. well i mean i had a good time watching it i'll I'll say that (laughs) I was um, amused. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? So in Friday the 13th Part 2, it has, I think, it has better characters. Like, the char- I don't know. I just You just seem to care more about the characters. You get a little, you're right. You get a little bit more to them. I think yep. some of that was, it was somewhat better writing yep. for the characters. And also, I mean, the actress who plays Ginny is legitimately a very good actress. Yeah. So I, th- I think that helps too when you have, you know, real, like, I, she went on to do other things. I think, I'm not saying the, the first ones weren't talented. I mean, hi, Kevin Bacon, but <laughs> they, I do think they were underwritten. So I agree yeah. with you. You do care more because you get to know them a, li- a little bit more. That's still a huge group. I mean, I don't know about you. I was jotting down names left, right, and center. Well, I actually had to try and go back through and assign names because that's the one thing I don't think you got introduced properly, like by name. No, you didn't. Yeah. And that, that did bug me because, yeah, I've had to go back and go, oh, yeah, that's her name. That's that's his name. And even yeah. then, I, I don't think I've done it all the way through. So um... I had one called Flat Cap, one called Fluffy Hair. Like... Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited to hear yours. No, mine are all just she. She. <laughs> she's doing this thing i'm like which which one was that um but yeah i really like Ginny as a final girl she's smart mm. you know it's not just that she you know she's not like virginia she's there banging the boss um she, but she's smart she uses kind of psychology and of course we have the first film in the friday the 13th franchise where jason is the killer absolutely and i do think in terms of a franchise that is an important point or an important transition yeah and, and I, and li- listen, I like this scary... version of Jason. He's scary in this, I think. He is scary. I mean, I was just going to say, there are some scary moments in this film. It, not a ton, personally, I didn't find. But 
there are a few. Yeah, like he's, you know, he's not some, he hasn't got to the point where he's like some sort of weird supernatural creature that, like, you know, can't be killed. Mm-hmm. He's not, he hasn't got the hockey mask yet. The hockey mask doesn't come apart till part three. He's just got like a sack over his head. Which and is he, creepy. That's yeah, and he's creepy. not like some huge like bodybuilder guy. You know, mm. he's like some weird feral guy who's been living out in the woods his yeah. entire life. With, with like questionable taste and decor and very stringy hair. Yes, which you would have if you'd been living out in the woods all your life. <laughs> but yeah, the, the part about her using psychology, and like you said, we will um, sort of dig into that a bit more. But yeah, I loved all of that. And I loved that they made her so smart. And even I thought they, in their own way, the director, Steve Miner, he kind of gave her little bits of scenes to kind of like when she shows up late yeah and then her car kind of doesn't start it just makes her out to be a little bit of a rebel a little bit like she's independent she does her own thing she thinks for herself and i and i liked all of that i appreciate yeah. that and she's a she's a great actress yeah she was very very cool yeah i mean 1981 so a year a year after the first film it is yeah the, yeah, the first yeah. one was 1980 yeah so i mean it's set five years after the first film but it came out in 1981. The Friday the 13th films weren't supposed to all be about Camp Crystal Lake or Camp Blood, as they all call it. It was supposed <laughs> to be an anthology series about the superstitions of Friday the 13th. But audiences loved the surprise ending of, of the first film so much, where Jason leaps out the water, that they decided to stick with Camp Crystal Lake and Jason. We don't have Tom Savini in this film. He was already doing another film and he was not behind the idea of Jason being the killer, which I'm guessing he came around to because he comes back for part four. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm not sure he sticks around till part 10 where they take Jason to space. <laughs> have you ever seen part 10? Is that uh, Jason? That's not Jason Goes to Hell, is it? No, 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 no. It's the one where, um, it's uh, yeah, Jason X, isn't it? Yeah, and he goes. It's like set like four hundred and fifty years in the future. And yeah, they take I him have to space. I have seen it. I think I saw it in the movie theaters actually. Oh wow! It's <laughs> funny because there came a point with Jason where it was sort of fun and like funny. It 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 wasn't really scary anymore. Yeah, and I think I actually went to that, and I was meant to meet some friends, and I was late because I was working, and I ended up sitting by myself because it was so crowded. Because I think it was like opening weekend for it, and so I sat on my own. And I remember thinking, I'll be fine, because these movies aren't super scary at this no. point. But, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Friday the 13th Part 2. I realized that when I was watching it. I have thought I'd seen, seen part it. Three? I don't think I have, Jenny. I think I'm literally such a hater that I blocked them. Okay. <laughs> I would say we should maybe, like, next time I'm with you, maybe we should do, like, three and four. Because I think the first four films are worth watching. Because the duly, fourth one is, duly like, noted. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're the ones and then after that it gets a bit nuts and then I've seen you know here and there I would go and watch them like Freddy versus Jason I've seen yeah I saw Freddy versus Jason in the cinema yeah (laughs) yeah and that one I mean it's silly too but that one is very silly (laughs) it's so silly isn't that the one where what's her face from um is it from Destiny's Child gets her nose cut off with a machete yes (laughs) (laughs) Kelly it's Kelly I think yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Freddy versus Jason. So, I mean, yeah. If I was going to sum up this film, it's. I mean, it's just it's a sequel. It's it's just like as carrying on from the first one. 
Yeah, so we're set. It's like I said, the, the very opening scene of the film was actually only set two months after the end of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an opening scene, which we'll kind of go through in a bit. And then the actual plot of the film takes place five years later. Um, and it is a camp counselor camp. So it's not for the like kids, it's a, a camp that this guy's running on the same lake, on, 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 you know, not at Camp Crystal Lake, but on the same lake. And he's there to train camp counsellors mm-hmm. to make them better camp counsellors. And obviously, madness ensues. <laughs> yes, and and the and Camp Crystal Lake is next door or nearby. Yes, yeah, yeah. Something? So they're yeah. like it's like bordering. So this this camp that they're at is like adjacent to. I think it's on the same lake, but it's a different camp. Is it they're adjacent? At, adjacent. See what I did there. It's oh, adjacent. Adjacent, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not cutting that. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> it's a dad joke. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a pretty good description. Also, it's it's from 1981. I mean, if you haven't seen it, like me, I, especially if you're a horror person, I would absolutely recommend it. As Jenny says, it is when they first introduced Jason, so it's kind of an important piece of the lore of Jason so and and Camp Crystal Lake so absolutely yes I would recommend watching it even though I feel like my score is pretty low first of all what did you score in oh hang on <laughs> my notes. I scored in Camp Counselors <laughs> I, I, I scored in Muffin in Muffin <laughs> Muffin, Muffin the dog. St- Muffin stole the show. Let's Muffin, be honest. Muffin did steal the show. I when Muffin walks up with her oh. jaunty little bow, I was like, sold. Yeah. And like, honestly, that was my main concern throughout the film. <laughs> Muffin okay. Where's Muffin? Where's Muffin? <laughs> and also, I will say, Muffins is part of the reason that I upped my score. <laughs> <laughs> um. I gave it a two, which I know is low, but I feel like there's not a whole lot that's original in this. I struggle with slashers because I don't care about the characters. And so in this, I did I did a little bit, like you said, a little bit more than the first one. But I gave it two rather than lower because there were scary parts to it. There were there were a couple of moments I thought were really good. So that, I... that's sort of what saved it. Okay. Can you remember what you scored Friday the 13th? I believe I scored it a three, and so did you. Okay, that makes sense. I've scored this one a three. Three muffins. Okay. Although I will have to send you <laughs> a picture of the drawing, but I might even put it in the uh, in the carousel on Instagram because my muffins, as I've drawn them, get like more and more demonic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'll send you a picture of mine too, where I wrote like "muffins is home," and then I drew like hearts and stars and. <laughs> <laughs> Have all kinds of I mean, if, if like me, you have to look up any film with a dog on doesthedogdie.com, Muffin survives, okay? I'm just putting that out there. I know, but Muffins isn't alive anymore. Don't say that. Well, it's 20-something years later, Jenny, unless it's like in the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm <laughs> sorry to tell that. you, <laughs> the dog playing Muffins has passed. No! Muffin, <laughs> will live- Muffin is immortal. She <laughs> lives forever. <laughs> I can't handle it. No, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We won't talk about it anymore. Okay. Should I'll we get into that. it? Yeah, let's just get into it. Now it's time for a breakdown. I'm like crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
picturing muffins like super decrepit, like <laughs> blind, like bumping around, <laughs> like still alive 25 years later. Oh, <laughs> what breed is that? Okay. So I also said to myself during this, <laughs> during this film that if you really wanted to play a drinking game with it, because we used to say this sometimes in the episodes, like what, what the drinking game mm-hmm. would be. The drinking game for this would be 80s nostalgia. So anytime you see like somebody on a payphone, for example, or what else did I write? Oh, the hobs, the hobs that are on Alice's stovetop. Those mm-hmm. things, those like red rings of death. We we had those growing up. Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. I'm still wiping my eyes. Sorry. Okay. So here we are. Friday the thirteenth, part two. Immediately after the Well, it's two months it's two months after the end of the first film. And we start off with like a kid playing in the rain in a puddle outside on like a streets. Mm-hmm. we're in like suburbia i can't remember what the kid's singing some little nursery rhyme sort of creepy nursery rhyme song okay. you don't really see the kid you just see his feet mm-hmm. and then you hear like the mom calling the kid in so the kid runs in out of the puddle and then some like gross feet step into the puddle and are walking on the road and you get the and so in case you were wondering that means that Jason's nearby. Yep. So then we get to watch the end of the first film in its completeness again. I mean, yeah. So basically, we, we it, it's it's Alice, from the survivor from the first film. And she's having some very vigorous nightmares by the look of it. She's flapping around <laughs> all over the place. Um, very vigorous. Yeah. And, and it... it you think we're joking about they replay the entire end of the first one? No. Oh, it's literally. Good, I, I'm guessing the the film was like 10, 15 minutes short on screen time. So they <laughs> just put in like the whole of the end of the film, but in flashbacks. But she's quote unquote having a nightmare. Yeah. And it is very hectic. And and it, yeah, it's you really just rewatch the whole end of the film. And I thought, why are they doing this? I guess to ensure we can follow the plot. I mean, it's not that complex, but. And I thought it was very strange that they did this. Yeah, and literally. All I could think was that they didn't have enough enough script. <laughs> we get to see more of Betty Palmer, who plays Mrs. Voorhees, who's an yep. absolute ledge, and I love her, so I didn't mind that part. But uh, it's just completely unnecessary, and what a boring way to start a movie. So, anyway. Then you sort of... Alice wakes up, and you see that she's sort of living on her own, and she's trying to recover from the trauma of what yeah. happened to two months previous and she's on the phone to her mom and her her mom obviously doesn't want her to be on her own but she's like no mom i'm an artist I'm, i need to work through all my pain weird drawings <laughs> and then she takes a shower because what's a horror film without a shower scene and then when she gets out she goes to feed her cat and she finds mrs borgie's head in her fr- her refrigerator yep which I thought was brilliantly done. The head looked great. And yeah. then she is immediately stabbed through the temple with an ice pick. So she has like this bit where she's, you know, she hears noises and she's like, you get all the the noise and like I think there's a window flapping or something and she gets like the ice pick. She picks it up and she's like going and it just turns out to be a cat. So she puts the ice pick down. But then you never put the ice pick down, Caitlin, ever. No. You don't. You hold on to it forever. Yep. That's a life ice pick. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, stabbed right through the temple. And then, and then it's like five years later. But, but what were the opening, like the opening credits? It literally like exploded onto the screen. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Crash. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Part two. Yeah. I was already thinking, Jenny, I'm so mad at you for making me watch this. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like pissed at it at this point. No. I know. It's fine. I I chill the fuck out later and then I enjoy it. But <laughs> at, this, at this point, because I've just been made to rewatch the end of the first one, I was just really angry. But <laughs> God damn you, Steve Miner. Yeah. It was a bit, it was a shitty opening. But, you know, we get to see Alice again and then she gets killed. There's some very dramatic opening music. And then very we dramatic. See, like a truck with huge wheels. There's a couple. I think it's Sandra and Jeff. The guy in the, the, the hat with the fluffy hair. Well done, Jenny. Ten points. It is Sandra and Jeff. <laughs> They're the only names I've got right now. <laughs> I called them Black Cap and Fluffy Hair for like quite a while until I got their names. So well done. But yeah, they're arriving at camp and their friend plays a hilarious prank on them where he tows their truck. I just was like, all right, just get to the goddamn camp. Also, Crazy Ralph is back and I'm happy about that. Yeah, he's one of, I think there's only about three people um, in this film who were in the first one. So Alice, who we've already seen, who's gone now. Um, Mrs. Voorhees, you know, we've seen her in some flashbacks. And Crazy Ralph. (laughs) I told the others, but they didn't believe me. You're all doomed. (laughs) I'm casting you as Crazy Jenny in all all things. In all things. (laughs) Crazy Jenny. (laughs) I tried to tell those kids. You're all doomed. <laughs> so we also get our first POV shot is during this part where someone's kind of peering from behind the bushes. Because Jason is definitely a bit of a perv. So Yeah, he likes to watch. And then you see the this girl who I believe is called Terry wearing like the most amazing terry cloth booty shorts i was so oh into God. those well, even before that when they're driving up and there's like that tree in the middle of the road and this is the bit that like as well that well jeff and sandra and the uh, and before they even get to the camp there's a tree in the road and so they get out and the boys are moving the the log and sandra's like this place is spooky then invites the camp crystal lake sign and they're like yes aka camp blood <laughs> There. and yeah that girl is wearing the tightest shorts i mean her outfits throughout the whole movie i was always like what are you wearing not in a shame way because i'm no. here for it and she's got banging body so go yeah. for it but it's just a little bit like obviously these costume choices were probably not made by her they were probably made by the male you know people working yeah. on the film it's lots of like nobody male, else, male gaze like, shots yeah it looks it's like she's wearing like a camp uniform almost but nobody else's uniform looks like that the shorts are like hooter shorts basically yeah they're wearing. like really, it does seem a little a little bit strange but yes we get a very um lingering shot of her walking <laughs> gratuitous shot yeah and mm-hmm. then you get and then you get scott who like slingshots her in the butt I liked Scott because he was wearing cowboy boots, but I didn't like Scott because he was kind of a jerk. So. Yeah, he, you know, slingshot her in the ass. And tried to steal her clothes later. Like, yeah, not a fan. Here's where I started trying to write down everyone's names. I'm like, Terry, Vicky, Ted, Seth, Jeff, Sandra. I don't know who's who, but I'm writing them all down. And then Ginny kind of arrives late and sets herself apart uh, by, do, by doing that. And also the fact that she's banging Paul, who's the leader. Um, and she's meant to be his assistant. Yeah, but we do get a little bit of a foreshadowing in this bit. You know, when he like 
brings her into the office and he's saying how worried he was about her because obviously he doesn't want anyone to know that they're like together. Yeah. And she says, why didn't you call? Because the phones aren't working yet. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yes. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, the phones aren't working yet. You can't have that because that would have come up a million times. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. And then Paul decides to give a little, you know, pep talk to the counselors that includes like, beware of bears and keep clean during your menstrual cycle. Because yep. you have to keep the bears away. Like, Caitlin, the periods, they attract bears. They attract bears. Paul knows this. And so he's yep. just trying to keep everybody safe. Keep clean during your menstrual cycle. Could you imagine a man saying that now? I think I would stop him. <laughs> I just couldn't picture it. I mean, no. yeah, he might get attacked. I, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I actually wrote that and underlined it just for my own reminder. Like, I know I don't live near any bears, but I, see, I need that reminder in my life. I'll probably put it on my fridge. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Keep all, clean. All of those bears in South London. <laughs> I mean, you have to be careful. I live Dude. near. I live near a canal. I mean, bears like canals. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're famous for it. It's a forest thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm such a country girl. <laughs> so yeah, after he's given the pep talk, it's nighttime, and of course they're sat around the campfire toasting marshmallows. They're all sat around the campfire, and he decides to tell them about Jason. You know, he tells a bit of their backstory. It's like he's out there, some kind of savage creature. Legend has it that Jason witnessed his mother's death, and I'm like, it was five <laughs> years ago. That's not exactly legend, is it? That's just <laughs> what happened five years ago. But the rules are different in upstate New York. I believe okay. legends come into play after like three to five years. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. See, they New should York- make that clear. They, they should. You're right. But New York has different rules. Okay. So. But yeah. And it's like, he's out there. He's been living out there all this time. Um, <laughs> and one of the, the guy who towed the truck, he's, he's helping Paul play a prank on everyone. He's got a weird mask on and he jumps out them and scares them all. So it's like, yeah, he's probably going to die as well. Yeah, I like counselor party time. Yeah, but what I quite like about like when they're talking about you know campus select, basically that you know they're told it's it's derelict, it's going to be demolished, and then when they talk about Jason, it's like yeah, no one's allowed to go in his territory, like he's just there. So it's like oh okay, are they setting it up so that like as long as nobody goes to camp into like Camp Crystal Lake, that they'll be okay? I mean, do you not think that's sort of how I took it? Yeah, because later on it just seems to be like they they antagonize him by you know he's watching them the whole time. But people only start dying when they step into the camp. Well, yeah. And if you think about the timeline of it, they go they go exploring, like Sandra. Yeah. And they go exploring. And and then most of the deaths are in the forest. And then, yes, eventually he does come, you know, actually to the, to the, to yeah. the camp. But, yeah, it starts off like that. So if you guys just would have been respectful of Jason, you probably exactly. would have been. And kept Left him alone. during your menstrual cycle, everything's going to be okay. So we have... Now, I might need your help with the names. Who is the guy wait, 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 in the back. I believe he was called Mark. Right. And then who was the girl with the dark hair that really fancied Mark? I think she was called Vicky. But I'm okay. totally guessing. Um, right, yeah. so you've, got, you've got Mark and Vicky. You've got Jeff and Sandra. You've got Paul and Ginny. Um, you've got the ginger guy who was the one who towed the truck. I believe he was called Ted. Ted, Okay. Who am I missing? <laughs> Jenny, what was your 80s character name? I remember mine was Linda, but I can't oh, remember. Oh, God, what was mine? Oh, I think it was Barbara. <laughs> I think it probably was. <laughs> and we still okay. need to get our Judy t-shirts. I know, I do really want one. Yeah. 
in you know in the sort of like lgbtq world my best judy is like a best friend that's what i also like about it it's like a play on words kind of oh. like as um, opposed to like in sleepaway camp where she just has her own name on a t-shirt <laughs> and she's such a bitch <laughs> those but those are all the reasons why i want one and also because my name isn't judy so. that's true that's very true <laughs> <laughs> but can I say about this party that they're having? So they're they're back at the cabins, and they're having like this this party time, and it's just so strange. There's like some of them are playing chess, some of them are dancing like in the corner. Yeah, I just wrote I just wrote what a party. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. Paul and Ginny are playing chess. Um, Vicky and Mark are just like sat like hanging out. A couple of them are dancing. Um someone asks Vicky to dance and she's like no <laughs> and it's like what is happening it's so weird and then Ginny's like oh I'm bored of this and she makes it very clear that she wants to get laid and she's going oh wow she really does oh wait maybe there was some arm wrestling also happening yes here. yes there was arm wrestling <laughs> happening I used to also arm wrestle at parties <laughs> but I kind of grew up it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not remember a Ted Lewis? There's quite a lot of arm yeah, wrestling. Yeah, I, I used to arm wrestle at Ted Lewis and, as well. and, kiss, and kissing of the guns. We'd yeah, kiss there was a guns. lot of gun kissing. I, I remember Why? it well. Why did we do that? It was the early 2000s, Caitlin. There were many things <laughs> that I don't understand about those days. There's no, there's no real answer to that question, I suppose. No. Yeah. <laughs> so we also have our first death of, not of the film, but of the sort of five years later, um crazy ralph has been sort of walking along the pathway i think because he's seen all the counselors coming he's in. watching them i think yeah and so he's sort of prowling around he's garroted against a tree by an yes. un- again by an unseen person you just see their hands you just know they're a man and like obviously you know it's jason it's meant to be this whole impending scary you know, it's Jason. We don't know what he looks like or who he is, or if it really is him, or if it's like a psycho in the woods. Like, remember that whole Cropsy yep. kind of um, urban legend that it was based on in the first place. Yeah. But I just think I don't know. I mean, did you find any of this scary? Um, not at this point. No. I mean, I felt I the first scene with Alice when she's in the shower. You immediately put a girl alone in a house in a shower. Um that instantly makes me scared because showers have always scared me when I'm home alone. Mm, um, but okay. yeah, no, not at this point. I was more concerned because like Ginny, at this point, like Ginny's getting naked and someone knocks on her cabin door. So at first, and then because you, you can see all these point of view shots. So I was like, oh, mm. is, it, is it her? So I, you're too concerned about kind of her. You've kind of focused all attention is on her. And then suddenly, yeah, like pervy old Ralph's there and he gets <laughs> garroted. So... Yes, because I will say the kills are inventive. You have a variety of weaponry at use. Yeah, because um, like, when you think about Jason Voorhees, you tend to think of him with a machete. But actually, in this film, like obviously it's not a machete in the first film because it's not Jason, it's his mom. And they're all very inventive deaths. And yeah, this film as well, Like at this point, he doesn't have like a machete. It's all, you know, all of the deaths are quite different. I mean, he, d- he does use a machete. There's a machete at one point. He does, and... yeah, but it's not like his weapon of choice yet. Right, correct. And he's got, he uses a pitchfork, a hammer, um, yep. uh, an ice pick in the opening scene, a garrote. Yep. What yeah. else do we have here? So, I mean, I, I, w- I appreciated the variety. 
and I, I love an inventive death. So that that also raised the score for me, definitely. Um, but yeah, so it's the, the next day and the counselors are going hiking. And I yep. was just I was living for everyone's athleisure wear. Well, I was as well, but like at this point I'm also worried because we have the bit where like Muffin the dog, we've already met Muffin. Muffin belongs, I think, to the girl in the tiny shorts. Terry, yeah. Yeah. And she's um so that the dog is just running around and then you're like, wait, where's the dog gone? Because you oh, see the and, dog and then you and see the boots. Did you not appreciate the scene that was like, oh, here's muffins. And then the very next scene was like hot dogs on a grill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Close up of hot dogs seconds after we think muffins been killed. That also made me raise my score. Yeah. And I can't <laughs> remember. And I, don't, I don't know who this was, but someone, I've just got she. Someone's walking around with a chainsaw, which I quite liked. I, I missed that. I yeah, just one of the girls just walking around with a chainsaw. I do have some notes about the, chain- the chainsaw later. But yeah, <laughs> so in the midst of all of this, Muffins goes missing and Sandra and Jeff, she finally convinces him to go investigate like Camp Crystal Lake nearby. So this is, everyone's deaths are technically her fault. They are, but I love it because the reason she like convinces him is like because she wants to be able to brag about it when they go back to the city. <laughs> that is a good motivation for pretty much anything so they as they're snooping around in the forest they step over some barbed wire or whatever and they find what appears to be like a dead muffins like it looks yeah. like a white furry dog small that's been mauled to death basically like it's it's insides are on the outside and and then they get caught by the popo yes they do but it's like look the sign clearly said no trespassing You've been told not to go there. He likes his personal space. He likes his personal space like we all do. But also, what was the cop doing in there? He's co-chilling in Jason's space, too. Yeah, Yeah, he he takes them back to camp. Um, I love this dressing down scene. I love it. The cop's like, you got a good reputation, Holt. (laughs) Yeah, to Paul. But Paul is like having none of it. He's just like, (laughs) yeah, okay. I was like, what is this film I've just walked into? So, but... (laughs) Then it's like an interrogation scene. But then the cop leaves and he sees something and like all see, I think it's Jason. You see you see somebody going to the woods. Yeah, and he chases after him. Why? I always think it's so dumb. Like you just got done saying that area was condemned. You literally just yelled at Paul about it. Now you're chasing someone i'm guessing he thought it was like another kid right um he doesn't call for backup he doesn't do anything but he finds as he's running through the forest he finds this old shack i mean for lack of a better word like how it's like a shanty house lean-to house yeah like built from i do think they made a good job of making that look believable like it for sure looked like he'd scavenged like jason had scavenged bits of wood and like you know what's it called that you put on the interrogated iron? That's not interrogated the iron. <laughs> did you say interrogated iron? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's blame the weed for that one. Let's. You know what I mean. And anyways, <laughs> don't ask it too many questions. But you, he puts it all together into like a little house. So yeah. And the policeman, super smart, walks right in there. Oh, so rude! Doesn't even knock. Nope. I mean, he pays for it. He gets he a hammer does. to the head. Hammer to the skull. Yeah, I it, it, I wasn't mad about it. No. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you, um, you broke Jason's rule. Yeah, I mean, The rule okay. that, you, that you've been trying to uphold with everybody else. 
and you instantly broke it yourself. Idiot. So next we have a scene. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. So some, it's decided that some of the counselors are going to go out and some are going to stay in. Yeah, because I think Paul's like, oh, it's our last night before like the, we properly start the like, training. So if you want a last night out in the town, we can, we've got two cars. We can go. And he says that as as punishment, Sandra and Jeff have to stay. Yeah, they're real. They're real upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> so Terry. Firstly, what are you wearing here, girl? It looks like every outfit she had at one point was a complete outfit. And then the costume designer was like, actually, let's cut two thirds of this off. Yeah. So I'm trying to think who everyone goes, including Paul and Ginny, apart from Scott and not Scott, um, Sandra and Jeff, Mark and Vicky. So the guy, yeah, Mark, the guy in the wheelchair says he doesn't want to go because he's in training. So he's not drinking. And Vicky obviously wants to fuck him. So she stays. Um, the Terry yeah. stays because she's looking for muffins. Yeah. And then is it that Ted guy? The one who steals her clothes? Ted. Oh, no, he's called Scott. Scott. And he stays. Yeah. Scott. Okay. So I think it's just those six and everybody else goes. Yeah. But it's weird because I feel like in the bar, you really only had Ginny, Paul, and Ted, the nerdy guy. Yeah. I think the rest of them are all just like dancing and drinking. They're playing pool. They're busy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that bar did look banging. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. But so Terry goes for a walk to look for muffins. Alone in the woods at night. Like, yeah, I did. I literally wrote alone in a forest at night. Like, come yeah. on. Come on. And and here you sort of have multiple scenes intercut with each other. So you've got the party or show up at like the Skeziest Redneck Bar. It actually looks amazing. So they show up there. <laughs> then you have Terry who decides to get naked and go swimming. Also a super good idea. And then you've got some like A plus flirting flirting happening back at the cabin. So yes, yeah, so you 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 jump between the scenes. So at the Terry scene, Scott shows up and takes her clothes. And as she's chasing him, he somehow steps like daintily, perfectly into a booby trap and is then yep. hanging hanging by his feet. Yeah. And this part cracked me up because it's literally like 10 seconds. And he's like, Where is she? Like <laughs> she just walked away. Yeah, because like she has to go and get help and uh leaves him there. But yeah, she's like so pissed about it. Or maybe she shouldn't have <laughs> stolen all of her clothes. Yeah, and he's like, make it snappy. She's probably like, I'm gonna take my time. But yeah, he he gets a machete to the throat, and I was not sad about that either because I didn't no. really like him. And so Terry somehow this scene made no sense, but she doesn't notice his cutthroat. Like, if you're hanging upside down and someone cuts your throat, there is going to be a considerable pool of blood. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't get that either. That didn't underneath her head. Yeah, I mean, she literally walks up to him and just yeah, and turns him around. And she's like chatting to him. She's like, come on, Scott, promise you won't do that again. And then she screams. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. And then so you kind of go back to the bar. And back at the bar, you've got the three of them, Ginny, Ted, and Paul, sitting at the bar and drinking beer and kind of discussing Jason. And this is where you get a little bit of the insight, right? Like into Ginny's. Yeah, how she so kind of... she, she's talking about him in, you know, in a very, almost like, you know, she wants to like help him. Like, like, she understands why he, you know, I mean, even though he's supposed to be, like, a legend, she's, like, if he's real, you can see her kind of, like, rationalising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, his, his, the way that he's he's behaved. She's basically, uh, surprisingly astute in her, I guess you'd say, 
her conjectures about Jason's psychological state and her assessment of Mrs. Voorhees as well um, and their dynamic and their relationship, she sort of explains it all. She's like, he, you know, th- that's all Jason had. And now, and now he doesn't have her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think Paul goes, oh, Jason, it's just a legend. And I wrote, Jason is a legend. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I really liked that scene because it sh- it showed that Ginny has more depth to her and I appreciated I appreciated that. But yeah, back at camp. Back to the camp back scene. Back at camp, we've got Sandra and Jeff. They've gone upstairs to fuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's there getting ready and he's doing the thing that turns any woman on the most. He's lying there playing harmonica. <laughs> That's the sort of foreplay that I prefer. <laughs> Musical. I mean, if you can't play a harmonica with your mouth, you probably can't do anything else. So it really makes sense. <laughs> it so is no, it she's is no. Into it anyway. I mean, yeah, it worked for her. I mean, it was the eighties. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's how it went. Yeah, and then and then Vicky and Mark are talking downstairs, and basically she's like, "Can we fuck?" Yeah, she's so forward. I love it. I really Maybe. like her. Like she's like, oh, what happened to your legs? And she said he was in like a car accident or something. It's paralyzed and shit. Also, it's just the legs that don't work. Yeah, she <laughs> wants like, to okay. mount that. She wants to mount that. Just let her on. Yeah. And through it all, you get these sort of Jason perving like POV yeah. shots. Um, I did write here that I got up to get some snacks, so <laughs> like there maybe I might have missed something. Oh, did you miss her sexy pants? Probably. Vicky has to go. Vicky says before they have sex, she needs to go and get get some things from her cabin first. So she goes and she's like putting on perfume and she pulls out these like little like ground floral knickers and she's like, "Yay, these are my sexy pants!" And she puts them on. I'm like, "Oh, I like her." <laughs> um, and then she like hears a noise, I think, and she goes outside onto the deck, but she hasn't put anything on her bottom half. She's still just like in her, in her like sexy little floral pants. Yeah, and the storm's coming in. Which never bodes well. And then we go back to Mark in his wheelchair, and he hears a noise out on the deck. So he goes, look, he thinks it's Vicky, and it's like, Vicky, is that you? And he's out on the deck in his wheelchair, and you get this really slow, like, close up of the back of his head for ages, <laughs> and then bam, arrow through his face. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then and, he and gets... then falls down the stairs in his wheelchair. Oh my god, that that bit though. So like he's on like a, it looks like he's on like a small deck, so there can only be like three or four steps. And he like the wheelchair goes down the steps, but then suddenly it looks like he's coming down this like, you know, forty foot. Yeah, <laughs> low he, stairs he's on a like sudden. a small hill. Yeah, <laughs> like wheeling down. All of a sudden, yeah, there's not been many levels going on in this film. No, all of a sudden he's on. Yeah, you're right. It's like 40, 50 stairs that he falls down. <laughs> Where did like, they come from? And I did think I was like, ooh, that's bad that's a bad way to go i mean yeah. a machete or not a machete what what was it it, it was like an arrow an arrow through the face first of all hopefully you think that you're already dead because falling yeah. down those stairs would be no good and actually i did write here um i thought these parts were sort of genuinely scary especially i think it's sandra when she goes back in right she sees the guy with the bag on his head vicky yeah or no, yeah, not, not Vicky. Sandra. Not Vicky. Sorry, Sandra. No, because San- Sandra and Jeff are having sex. 
So maybe it is Vicky. Sorry, because she, yeah. she goes looking for Mark. I think. Yeah, she and... goes looking for Mark. So we go after Mark's taken a tumble down the stairs. We go back to Sandra and Jeff, and they've obviously had some, you know, great three minutes of harmonica sex because they're having some post orgasm <laughs> kisses. Yeah, and they're you know looking very sweet, and then you get her like the door creaks, and Sandra looks over his shoulder because he's like lying on top of her. And she kind of gasps, and then they're skewered together. Yeah, that was a good in the one. bed. Mm-hmm. And then we've got yeah, because Ginny and Paul decide to head back together um, in the car, and he and they say to that Ted guy, they're like, as soon as this place closes, you know, all of you come straight back and let such someone else drive. And he's like, sure. And then immediately after they leave, turns around to the locals and is like, where does the after party? <laughs> <laughs> he's my kind of guy. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, Vicky comes back, look like to the, the cabin to look for Mark. But she starts going up the stairs. And I'm like, the dude's in a wheelchair. He's not gonna be up the stairs, is he? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. She's like going up the stairs going like Mark. <laughs> oh my god. Like, Somebody didn't think that one through. No, and then she's like, <laughs> but then she's like, Oh, is anybody here? And she goes into the room. She thinks it's Sandra and Jeff are in the bed. But they're not moving. And she's like, Sandra, Jeff. And there's no movement. And then after, like, she keeps getting closer. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. If they weren't answering, I wouldn't be going in. It's been there. And she sees it, but it's not Jeff. It's Jason. And so, yeah. And, like, he's, like, pinned Jeff's corpse to the wall behind her. And and, and dead Sandra's in the bed with him. And, yeah, he, uh, he's got a cloth sack on his head. It's the first time we see Jason's, like... I mean, this part was scary. Yeah. It was scary. But Vicky did make a series of poor decisions here. Yeah. I, I agree. He slashes her leg. And then yeah. she just goes... Like, she's like, oh, my God. And then just, like, walks back and just stands there, like, oh, no. As Wasn't she, like, her. leaning against the wall? She yeah. Was, like, waiting yeah. for him to kill her. <laughs> I'm like, not even your cute little floral brown pants can save you now. <laughs> So that's uh, everyone, yeah, that's all the people that were left behind are now dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Ginny and Paul arrive back, and the first thing they see is, like, bloody sheets in the bed. Because there's no one around, they start kind of Yeah, so this the is, and I, I like this, because Ginny immediately is suspicious. Yeah, for sure. She's like, they wouldn't have left all the lights on, they wouldn't have left it like this, like, something's happened. So yeah, she goes upstairs and they find the bed soaked in blood, and Paul's like, it's, oh, it's a prank. But Ginny's like, no, it's not. No, like, there's something not, wrong. Yeah. And they're in a dark room, and she's like, Paul, there's someone in the room. There's someone in the fucking room. And Jason like leaps out of the corner and is like grappling with Paul. Mm-hmm. But this bit did annoy me a little bit because Ginny just stands there going, Paul, Paul, <laughs> like doesn't try to help him, doesn't get a weapon. Yeah, and so no, they're like, fighting, and she sort of. I just have here like I I found this part scary. I, I put that in. This my bit notes. was this bit I thought was probably the scariest because yeah, they're fighting. Yeah. And, she and then runs. Jason obviously wins. So when he stands up and she realizes that Paul's, you know, well, we assume he's dead. She runs out into the room and she holds the door shut. Um, but he comes through the window. So she runs into another room and now he's got a pitchfork. And he's like stabbing at the door with a pitchfork. So she climbs out of the window and gets into the car, which I thought was smart. Yeah, but then he pursues. Car the... obviously doesn't start. Yeah, um, and then I did like it was like pitchfork versus chainsaw. Like, yeah, she she well, yeah. she's she's doing like a really smart job because like she is yeah, she's really smart. She's doing a really good job evading 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 him because you see her like running through the woods and he's ch- running and like she'll she'll run 
stop and hide, wait for him to go past, and then she'll go a different direction rather than just run, flailing through the woods, like crashing through the woods. But she, do- but I mean, she does go running through the forest and finds this creepy, yes, you know, shack. the cabin, and she sees what the doctor saw earlier, but it, the doctor, the cop saw earlier, but it didn't show us, which is the Jason's sort of shrine, you might say. To well, I don't know. We haven't. There's a bit before that um, that I thought was really scary, where she ends up in one of the old cabins and she hides under the bed from him, but a rat comes and. So while she's hiding under the bed and she can see Jason walking around the room, seeing his feet, mm. and like, so she's hiding, but she pisses herself because she's so scared because you see it all like run out from under the bed. So you see like just how terrified she is. But Jason does something really smart. He stands up on a chair. She thinks he's gone, but he's still on the chair. But then he falls through the chair because like the chair breaks, fumbles it so she, so he doesn't kill her. And then she picks the chair up and like bashes in with the chair. Yeah, that part was good. I did. Skip I really that. liked yeah. that because, like, she actually like pissed herself. She was so scared, and like, well, you would, wouldn't you? Probably, yeah. And then bashes him over the head, which I really. And then that runs. Too. And then the next, the next place she finds is like the weird lean-to. So yeah, we find the shrine. Jason's creepy shack. Yeah, and when you very first see the shrine, it's got Mrs. Voorhees' head and like candles and. I mean, it's genuinely creepy. As I say, I really think they did a good job with the head. As a person who had a decapitated head in a play at one point in my life, it is very difficult. You did. I remember that. To look realistic. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun carrying that around public transport. Um, So, (laughs) so Ginny. Oh, yeah. So then Jason shows up at the shack and she she puts on Mrs. Voorhees sweater. She has a plan. I like this. Yeah, she gets deep, man. She goes like psychological on him. I thought this was super good, this part. Mm -hmm. So she, because I think she realizes as well that his mom was blonde and she's quite fair. And so she just goes for it. And she's like queen of the catfish, basically. So she catfishes Jason by pretending to be his mom. And we get some great kind of like actual Mrs. Voorhees floating head. Like, because you see her like Ginny like talking to him she's like Jason it's mother like it's finished you did it well done yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Get, get, get on your knees let me show you know, let me give you your reward and when he like hesitates she's like Jason you listen to your mother yeah. and you can see him whilst Ginny's saying it like you can see him from Jason's perspective have like floating Mrs. Voorhees head <laughs> yeah. in front of it which I really yeah. liked I liked that too any, anything for some more Betsy Palmer. I just love her. So, yeah, the, I really, really love this part. And as she's doing the, like, um, Paul comes in, right? Yeah, like, well, she, she has the machete and she's going behind her back. So she gets Jason to kneel and she's about to kill him. But he, she moves out of the way slightly and he sees his mother's head on the table behind her. So he realizes, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the mirage is over. He, he realizes it's not his mum and he, like, goes to attack her. But Paul, like, comes through. And, yeah, Paul's still alive so that they're fighting. Paul, like, helps her. And then she kills Jason. Well, you think she kills Jason. Yeah. She doesn't stay around to, like, properly, you know. But she, she double kill him. She pulls off his mask. Yeah. And I love it. We, we don't see his face, but she pulls off his mask. And they're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they have this, like, yeah, dramatic reaction. And then Paul and Ginny sort of hobble. Yeah, hobble Paul back. carries her hobble back to the cabin yeah and he puts her down by an open window because that's the best thing to do 
And obviously there's somebody there. He hands her, they hear noises. And so yeah. he hands her. I like her. how he's like, you're okay, Jenny. You're all right. And it's like, no, you're not. You didn't double kill him. You have to shoot him through the head. Everyone yeah. knows that. So he hands her a pitchfork um, and he opens the door. But it's Muffin. It's Muffin. It's just Muffin. Muffin. alive. All and he's is well. A cute little bow. He's, everything's fine. And then, of course, right as you're having this moment, it's like, stars across the screen and like a soft focus <laughs> Jason like jumps through the window Grabbed for another jump scare because when they stole it the first time from Carrie they thought let's do it again yeah and then you've got Ginny in an ambulance yes um, but like where's Paul she's like she wakes up and she's getting loaded into the ambulance so Paul where's Paul yeah they never say where Paul no, is do we, they? Know, we never find out what happens to Paul and the last sort of shot is of the altar the Voorhees yeah. altar. The close up. And I thought for a minute that the head, because the head looked different. And I thought, is it Paul's head? But no, it's just Mrs. Voorhees. You're staring at it for ages, like waiting for it to move or something. I know. Like, I did Focus too. on it for so long. <laughs> but I, my last note is Muffin is okay. That's all that matters. Thank goodness. We were all really concerned. I really was concerned. <laughs> In fact, they really should have just called it Muffin. Muffin the movie. Muffin's the movie. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I stand by my two camp counselors. I'm going with my three muffins. Yeah. I, f- I'm, I actually thought you would rate this higher than you did. I mean, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I prefer it to Friday the 13th as a film. Um, I think the story is better. I think the dialogue is better. I prefer the characters in this. I like the kills more in Friday the 13th. Um, obviously, Tom Savini fan. So I, I, I do kind of prefer the kills in the first film to the kills in this one. But I prefer this film overall, which I think is why they're probably scored equally. If I had to pick one to watch, I would rather watch this one. I'd rather watch part two. You know, that's actually an interesting point that I didn't think about. Like, I rated this lower than the first one. I prefer the first one. I like the idea that it's the mother instead of Jason. And yeah, the kills. I think the kills are perhaps more inventive in the second one, but they're not as well done. Yeah. Um, Because even still, when you get that arrow through, like, um, Kevin Bacon's throat, I mean, you just... Yeah. And I think it's slightly less gratuitous, the second one, than the first one. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just maybe that was just like you know down to budget and skill set. If I but in terms of which one would I rather rewatch, it probably would be the second one actually, because I like the 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 female role better. Like I like Ginny. I think Ginny's a great final girl. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so that that takes the edge for me on that. But even still, I just. I'm not that keen to rewatch either of them, to be frank. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't think I'm a, a big Friday the Thirteenth franchise fan. Mm-hmm. I think that I think there are parts that I enjoy, but it's not my favorite franchise. It's not my favorite franchise. Um, no, I'm you know I much prefer Scream, Halloween. Uh, yes, and and we are going to 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 touch on some of those. Um, yeah, in our Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. In our a series of sequels, yeah, yeah. What's the one that you always talk about? Is that um, that's not a nightmare on Elm Street. Maybe it's part three of something that you were crazy about. 
<laughs> and you gave the whole description on an episode. Oh, I wonder which one it was. It was like a little girl. She was like a dancer. I don't know. She was paralyzed. Oh, um, <laughs> that's one of the... Is it a Insidious? Oh, Insidious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying, that film. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we should watch it. it. It's, uh, it's either The Conjuring or Insidious. It's, it's part of that universe, anyway. Um, but it's part two or part three? It's part, like, three or four. Okay. I mean, the series of sequels part three might happen. This is just a series of sequels part two. So, <laughs> but there was no series of sequels part one. So we just skipped straight ahead to the sequel. Well, you, you can't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, so are we only going to do sequels of films that we've already reviewed? Yes, that was what we had sort of tentatively agreed. But I'm flexible. Like, if we want to jump ahead to something where we've both, or I do think we should have seen the first one. Yeah. But, so but we thinking, don't because we have done obviously we've done Insidious, so we could do a sequel. We've well, the done... ones I believe the ones that we just got. Like I think we're gonna do Aliens. Yeah, and I do think that's a good one to do because I will say in the experiment of like, should I be such a sequel hater? This movie for me is like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you're I still mean, not sold on sequels. Okay. I'm not sold on sequels. No, this one hasn't done it for me because I just think there's not a whole lot of original going on in it. And not just because it's part two of a, but because, they're, they're, you know, multiple slashers came before this one that were better in many different ways. So it hasn't done anything. Well, there aren't that many slashers before this one. Well, Halloween. Halloween, Friday the 13th and Black Christmas. There's got to be other ones. This has got to be. Think about, what about like Slumber Party Massacre? That was 81. Same year as this. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it, there's all those sort of B movie. I just think what you can do brilliant things with slashers. There are some brilliant slashers out there. I mean, case in point, listen to our episode on X if you haven't, or yes. listen to that episode on Scream. Like there are fantastic slashers and it is not a subgenre that I dismiss at all, but it's maybe not my favorite. And I think it's more difficult because you usually have such huge groups of characters yeah, and you only have two hours and a bit to really get the audience to give a shit about any of them. And so very often it just resorts to inventive kills, which as I say, I can appreciate an inventive kill. Like I'm kind of here for the gore. I'm not one of those people that's like, give me a ghost story with no blood. I can do the blood. I like it, but there's gotta be some kind of feeling or connection for me as a personal preference but yeah but yeah so this one was like am I glad I saw it because yeah I totally thought I'd seen it and I think about I don't know half an hour in I I started realizing you know Caitlin I don't think you've ever seen this which is poor form poor form as a horror aficionado that I consider myself to be somewhat so I'm very glad that we watched it but yes, it has not yet convinced me. Whereas something like Aliens, which we have talked about a bit because we reviewed the first one, obviously, and we've both mm-hmm. seen it multiple times. That's that's a case where, in some ways, the sequel is superior. Ooh. I know. And actually, you and I have both said that we prefer the first one. Yes. But for many people, the second Aliens is better. I mean, we'll talk about it more in the episode, but for me, Alien... Alien is a horror film. Aliens is a science fiction film. Mm, and it's a good distinction. But yeah, yes. and so I'm super excited. But it's a great film. One. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. to do that one. Um, and Ripley, because I think we said, like, she, I know we argued whether or not she's a final girl, but yeah. as a woman in that sort of like position, I mean, Ripley was my favorite. Yeah. I just love Ripley. Yes, I do love Ripley. But um, I'm trying to think what other films we've done that have got sequels. 
Obviously, the Scream films. Well, we talked about doing Scream 2, I think, was the other one. And yes, then... I do love Scream 2. And then I don't think we, because I haven't seen Scream 2 in forever. And then I don't think we agreed on a fourth one. So, I don't know. We'll have to discuss it. But the series of sequels, I'm excited about. We haven't done a series since, what was our last one? Um, um, the camp, slumber, summer camp. Summer camp, slumber party. <laughs> like, yeah. Madness, boat shenanigans. Yeah, which was last summer, actually. <laughs> So. It was. It only <laughs> seems like five minutes ago, but yeah, no, it was. <laughs> so yeah, I'm living for the series. Definitely excited to talk about the next one. And I'm I'm really glad I watched this. So yeah. I started off angry, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this one it's quite interesting as well. The third one I quite like and I got the third one and this one I get them a little bit confused because the third one takes place immediately after this. Like it, uh... it, a bit like in Halloween films, like the later ones, it's like immediately it's the same night basically and then i think the one after that is the same it's like continues on like straight away from and the is jenny of... is jenny still a prime character in the third one no i don't think okay. so okay okay i can't remember well i believe her actress name is amy Steele. amy think. yeah it's amy yeah i think you're right and amy i was Steele. trying to think like some of the other stuff that she's in i just genuinely thought she was very talented yeah, I really liked her. Like I said, I you know I'd forgotten how much of an excellent final girl she is. Mm. I'm trying to see like what else if she has been in anything else. I mean, she was in April Fool's Day, 1986. Yes, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and she's been like, let's go back to the 80s. I love going back to the 80s. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, I mean, I learned a lot of things during this film, like keep clean during your menstrual cycle. If um, your if your friend in a wheelchair goes missing, don't look upstairs. Yeah, don't go upstairs looking for them. To be honest, like everything else, I I've never heard of any of these things. Um <laughs> Oh, she was in a remake of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane in the 1991. Oh god, they did a remake? Apparently so. Ooh, okay. I'm assuming she probably played Betty Davis's character. She, uh Connie Trotter. Oh, okay, don't know. Totally a new name. Mm, um, oh, she was in an episode of Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> <laughs> She's being really undervalued here, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, lots of, like, one episodes of TV shows. Yeah, but it's a shame, because she was really good. It was very good, yeah. Um. Okay, well, thanks, Jenny, for the recommendation on this one. <laughs> well, thank you for agreeing to my <laughs> suggestions for slap it equals it needed to be done it, it needed to, it needed to happen <laughs> as always guys please rate review subscribe share it really helps us out if you share the podcast and for sure rate us and um yeah until next time brothers keg take us out bye bye